Jackson on the drive, kicks it out for Mann. Mann, three-pointer, bang! Oh, what a man! Magic down the middle, just what I thought, a hook shot at 12, good! Here's Michael at the foul line, a shot on Elo, good! The Bulls win! They win! Now that's a steal by Murr, underneath the DJ, right there! Going up over Bell, Paul away! What's going on guys? Welcome to another post game live here in the 2022-23 season. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper and hit the notification bell so you know every time I go live or post a video. You can also follow me on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and follow me on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. Let me get that banner up right now. Shout out to everybody in the live really late at night. I am sorry. I want to be better about going live a little earlier. Just been kind of busy. And also, before I get started, I want to give a big shout out to my guys over in New York City. All Ball and Uncle Ice sending me the hat. Shout out to them. Please go subscribe to their YouTube channels. Pretty sure it's All Ball TV. Please go do so. And their Instagram, All Ball TV. But let's get right into this post-game tonight. Clippers and the Memphis Teddy Bears. Everybody that's a Dime Dropper fan knows that that's my second least favorite team in the league after the Utah Trash. You already know the deal. Uh, obviously, the Memphis Grizzlies and us go back to the 2012 and 2013 playoffs and a lot of feisty regular season games in between and after. So, But let's talk about, so I've always hated them. Point blank, end of story. I don't know. It just it was deep hatred. But let's talk about this iteration of the Clippers playing the Memphis Grizzlies tonight after winning against the Chicago Bulls. And I did not do a post-game live. I only did a locked-on episode. So I, I did a YouTube short today about it. Go check that out. It's on my channel, one minute long. I'm trying to post more YouTube shorts for the short-form content for people that can't always make the long-form uh, as of late. And also, I want to say, I did a very, very long episode on Locked On Clippers, detailing everything that's going on right now and what I've heard throughout the season about the whole Marcus Morris Sr. situation, Ty Lue versus the front office, everything. So I'm not fully going to go in depth about it here. Please check that episode out. I worked very hard on it. Um, but let's just put it this way. Everything I've heard is that Marcus Morris isn't really sick. He does not like the idea of him not coming off the bench. He's not willing to sacrifice. Similar that, similar to how Reggie got upset when the same conversation had to come with him. And we might not see him again in a Clipper uniform. I hope I'm wrong, but I also don't want him to be sick. Uh, I hope he cools down. Let's put it that way. If the reports are true and these guys haven't been wrong yet, the people that are giving me that information. And it's also very fishy timing that Tomer would release an article in the middle of a game that Nico Batum is going off the same day that Marcus Morris suddenly is out with an illness. And then it's later health and safety. So, you know, it, it takes about 15 minutes nowadays to do a COVID test. If it was really COVID, I mean, it's not like the early days where you had to wait a bunch of days, I think. But I don't know. The science could show. I don't mind trying to get into a COVID conversation. Point is, I've heard that he's not actually sick. And it's taken 75 games for Ty Lue to do this. And it's pretty crazy that it has. But 
hey, man, it is what it is. We are playing well recently. And tonight, Kawhi Leonard, before the game, was announced that he was it, it was announced that he wasn't playing due to personal reasons. Automatically, this season has made me think all the worst things. So I'm thinking, oh my God, I hope he didn't get injured. Um, is the team lying to tank this game to try to get the sixth seed? But personal reasons, I mean, man, I really hope everything's okay with Kawhi. Um, you really hope it's nothing too serious, nothing bad with his family or anything like that. Um, and I also want to give my uh, a shout out to Andrew Wiggins. Uh, I really wish that guy the best. Really, really wish that guy the best. Um, but anyway, Clippers and the Grizzlies. No Kawhi Leonard. So you knew the task was going to be a lot tougher tonight. But the Grizzlies took an advantage of their second seed right now by a couple of games over Sacramento to load manage Jaron Jackson and Desmond Bain. They're already without Steven Adams and Brandon Clark. So they load manage those guys. Now you're missing the second and third best player on this Grizzlies team. So it's John Morant. And, you know, they had Santi Aldama and our good old friend Luke Kennard starting. And I got to give a shout-out to good old Nuke. He has been fantastic of late. Had a game where he set the franchise record for threes for the Memphis Grizzlies in a game. And listen, that's what happens when you give Luke Kennard consistent minutes. There were shots he was making in this game off the bounce. He had a contested three over Mason Plumley. I mean, I know how good Nuke is. We know how good Nuke is. We all watched him play last season. I have the lives, the post game, the receipts. They're all there. The vlogs. This guy was incredible. And look, I think Eric Gordon is better for this year. But after this year, I mean, it's it's going to be tough. You know, Eric Gordon's going to be 36 and Nuke Kennard's best years are ahead of him. It's going to be sad not seeing him grow in a Clipper uniform and hit his best years in a Clipper uniform because he truly was one of the best shooters we've ever had that I've ever seen. I'm going to read some comments right now real quick. Why not? Shout out to everybody in the live, AK, Scopey, that guy, Spencer. Remember, Super Chats are turned on if you want to drop a dollar, a dime. Any donation is appreciated. Alfonso Lopez says, this team is on the verge of going Super Saiyan. I can feel it. Okay. Clipper fans are hyped in the chat. Yes, sir. Gotta love it. Shout out to my boy, Luca. Says, hopefully, Cove earned his rotation spot tonight. Uzair Khan, late Ramadan nights with Wime Ropper. Man, appreciate it, dude. Um... Aid Mubarak to you. The Brody balled up tonight, says Stack That Cheese. That brings us to... Oh, I'm going to answer one question before we get going. Max Anderson says, no biased answer. Dime duper. Jesus. If Clippers and Lakers meet in the playoffs, how many games will the series go to? Jesus Christ, man. Um, let's let's wait on that a little bit. Uh, I don't think... It, it, I honestly think it depends on how the season ends. I can't answer right now with LeBron only have played two games. Um, and, you know, I don't know. But anyway, let's get right into it. Clippers starting lineup tonight. Russell Westbrook, Ivica Zubats, Terrence Mann starting in place of Kawhi Leonard, Nicholas Batum starting in place of the usual Marcus Morris Sr., and instead of Paul George, we had EJ. So it was a very interesting first quarter. We started up started out up 5 nothing. And then the Grizzlies went on an 18 to nothing run, just getting anything they wanted, getting the ball in transition, taking advantage of our turnovers and missed shots. But then we responded with an 11-0 run. That was spearheaded by Russell Goatbrook. 
tonight. This is the second consecutive game we've gotten of Goatbrook, and tonight he was the best player on the floor for either team. When Russ is playing like this, with this sort of confidence, and I have not seen him play with this sort of confidence since the Wizards. And last season, we watched almost every Laker game. The receipts are there, the vlogs are there, they're in the folder, you can see them. This year, a little bit less when I went to the World Cup and after that, but this was his season high this year, and I really have not seen him shoot the ball with that kind of confidence since the end of the season in Washington. It's amazing what a change of scenery can do. I have to admit, even myself underestimates it at times. And Russell Westbrook has proved me wrong in this sense so far. He's playing a lot better than I thought. If he continues to play like this, though, I'm not going to say this is how he's going to be off of just two games. But if he continues to play, and I'm not saying five for five from three and 30 points, but just taking care of the ball better, being this explosive, have actually making some jump shots. He doesn't need to make all these threes, but his mid-range, just his shot mechanics have looked better tonight or of late. So if he starts hitting the jump shot from the mid-range, uh-oh. Uh, 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 uh. We got a whole different player we're talking about here now because Russ's passing is amazing. His energy is infectious, but honestly, the main thing is him guarding. Now, there was not a lot of defense being played in this game, but I'll tell you what, it's more defense played than other games the Clippers have played this season, which obviously is not saying much, but you got to guard enough. The Memphis Grizzlies are going to push the pace and the Clippers, you know, played with a younger lineup. You know, they had Bones Highland, Terrence Mann. But you also have Russell Westbrook, who moves like a 25-year-old. So you're going to play a little faster. It was an up-and-down game. And the Clippers, led by Russ, came back from... Jesus, where are my notes on this game, man? But anyway, 11-0 run. He hit two threes. One from, I think, like the left wing, and the other one he banked in. <laughs> so, you know, that was a little bit lucky. But... He was just getting going, driving to the basket in the half-court set, just coming up, lulling guys to sleep, quick, ooh, fuck, knocked over my mic there. Quick crossover to the right hand, getting to the basket with, with that one-handed dunk in the first quarter, making plays, getting two feet in the paint, dishing it off to Zoo, shooters, and Mason Plumley and Norman Powell. By the way, shout-out to Norman Powell, who returned in this game. It's been a little bit since we've seen him. He's had such a great season. Really good to see him back, especially in this period of time where we're not going to have Paul George. We're going to need Norman Powell. And he and Mason Plumley came in pretty early in that first quarter. I want to say like the seven-and-a-half-minute mark of that first quarter. And they helped respond. It was really the Russell Westbrook show, though, if I'm being real. It was unbelievable what he was doing. And Bones Highland came off the bench and, again, was really good. Okay, got my notes up there. But in a, 13 straight points were scored by Russell Westbrook. 13 straight. He had 16 points in the first quarter and three threes. We were only down one after the first and I was okay with that after going down 18 to 5 Russ responded really well and I thought Bones Highland in the second quarter was awesome you know coming off those screens really well getting in the paint hitting floaters getting to the rim but his three balls been falling the last two games and my favorite thing about him his passing Bones Highland now officially is going to be dime dropper certified you heard it here he can pass the ball definitely better than Reggie and I'll tell you what he's also been doing better than Reggie. 
guarding. These last two games, he's had a lot better defensive activity. He seems way more engaged. He's in the passing lanes. He's showing off his length on the defensive end with his long arms, shooting the gap. And you know what? If he continues to play like this, it is going to be really hard to take him out of the rotation. He adds pace. He adds athleticism. He adds a little bit of youth. He gets two feet in the paint and can pass and knock down the three ball. When you can do those things with a team that's old, slow, and doesn't get in the paint, it can really help. And seeing him play with Terrence Mann and Russell Westbrook is really a joy, honestly. And I'll tell you what, Terrence Mann in this game, in my opinion, I'm always in favor of more Terrence minutes, and his plus-minus was the highest on the team. But I still think there were times where, especially in the first half, second quarter, he was not having a good game defensively. He was getting beat back door a lot and overall just being wiped out on screens. And I've been talking about his screen navigation for a little bit now, and I said it's better than most people on the team, but it's still not great. There are a lot of plays where he's just taken out on screens. I really don't know what it is. I got to take a closer look. But overall, T still makes a difference when he's in. You'd still rather have him out there than more minutes for guys like we were playing in the beginning of the season. I'm not going to keep going on naming their names. But Terrence, man, also, when we get rebound stops, turnovers, that he obviously helps create and get, he finishes in transition. He's great going full speed, does that little one-two step and lays it in and elevates really well on that. Also does a good job of going into the chest, sometimes gets called for offensive fouls, a lot of times doesn't get the foul. But I'll tell you what, Terrence made an impact in this game as usual. And you know who else made an impact in this game? Robert Covington. Man, shout out to all the fans. I know everyone's going to try to make fun and say, look, the fans don't control anything. Maybe not. But in 2023, I'll tell you what. Social media, it has its pros and it has its cons, but it lets people just say whatever they want, get a lot of likes, and seen by people that are in places to make moves. And look, dude, the fans, as, as the great Jose Mourinho said, the fans are not stupid. The fans are not stupid. And look, not all Clipper fans and fans of the NBA are the brightest bulbs. But I'll tell you what, a lot of Clipper fans have been very right this season about the criticisms that they've had about this team. And one of those has been Robert Covington not playing. And tonight, he showed everybody why the fans have been right all along. Do I need to talk about the rebounding, the help defense, the active hands? Three steals, by the way, most on the team. Shocker. But... This reminded me of the game last season against the Milwaukee Bucks where he was just scorching hot from deep. Robert Covington, 27 points, four rebounds, two assists, three steals, nine for 10 from the field. And it was Nico Batum last game that was lights out from deep. How about this? Seven for seven from deep for Robert Covington. Are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> laughable, laughable. I'm not going to get up here and, and sing Ty's praises so much because Robert Covington, 
probably will end up getting DNPs when Kawhi comes back. Poor guy. But I love having him uh, out there getting consistent burn because when he gets consistent burn, he can have games where he gets really hot like this. I mean, 7 for 7 is insane, but just games where he hits multiple threes and shoots a good percentage from three, and obviously he's going to be engaged defensively. We know he's not the best on-ball defender these days, but he does good does a good job help defending, gets his hands on a lot of loose balls, gets, gets his hand on the ball in general, just guarding one-on-one as well, got a couple jump balls in this one, and also attacks closeouts. There was one time where he caught the ball, blew by John Morant when he was closing out, dished it off to, I forget, either Mason or Zoo for a dunk. Marcus Morris just wasn't making plays like that. He's not, you know, guys are trying to run him off the line, but all he's doing is stepping into that mid-range that he's been missing or just hesitating in passing. Robert Covington can make plays. And at halftime, it was 60 to 64. I'm sorry, I think it was 70 to 64. Yeah, 70 to 64, the Clippers. They outscored the Grizzlies 41 to 34 in the second. And Russell Westbrook was just insane. I believe he had 20 points in the first quarter. And he was also more engaged defensively, getting his hand on loose balls, being active. And yeah, two blocks in this game for Russ. And I'll tell you what, John Morant... He could not guard a good old Goatbrook. He was getting babied, you know, and I love to see it, man. I love to see it because those are two of the most athletic point guards of all time. And Russ was putting his little ass in the post. And I say little ass in respect to Russ, obviously, not me. But John Morant, also, he's incredible getting to the basket. But his jump shot is so broke, and people are letting him shoot. This guy cannot lead a team to a title right now. And that's okay. He's younger than me. He needs his time. But listen, six three guys being the best scorers on their team, only one guy has really done it as the consensus best scorer. And that guy is Stephen Curry, and he's one of a kind. Absolute one of a kind. No other guy, 6'3 and under, led his team to a title as the consensus best scorer. Isaiah Thomas, Clyde Frazier, Chauncey, these guys... They were not the consensus best scorers. They had guys right around their area code in terms of PPG. John Moran is clearly the best scorer on the Grizzlies. And look, John was awesome, but everything had to come through him. Everything had to come through him. Dylan Brooks, though, had a really good night shooting the ball. 30 points for him, 6 rebounds and 4 assists on 12 for 24 shooting, but he didn't shoot well from 3. Good in the mid-range, though. 2 for 9 from 3. I think maybe he... I don't know. I don't know the stats. I don't watch the Grizzlies play consistently to know if Dylan Brooks is a high percentage mid-range shooter. But if he is, man, stop settling for so many threes because there's so many games where Dylan Brooks like shoots kind of like that, two for nine from deep. But 12 for 24, I mean, that means he shot 10 for 15 from two. Xavier Tillman also had a good shooting night too. Seven for eight, 16 points, nine rebounds, five assists, and a steal and a block. He's, an, he's not a bad player either. But the Grizzlies bench didn't really give him anything. They gave him a combined 21 points. 21 points. Only four guys played. And I'm not going to lie, I hadn't even heard of two of them. Um, Kenny Lofton Jr. and David Roddy I've heard of. And they honestly played decently as well. But I hadn't heard of Chandler or La Ravia. Santi Aldama and Luke started. And every Grizzly starter was in double figures. Granted, they all played over 30 minutes. But the Clippers bench destroyed them. Absolutely 
destroyed them. And in the third quarter, though, the Grizzlies outscored the Clips 41-35. It was pretty even. Nobody was really defending well. And John Morant was awesome. He was finding guys for open shots, getting two feet in the paint. And I think our bigs just, like, weren't that great in this one. There was not much resistance at the rim at all. So even though the Clippers got a great win, the defense was still not good enough, especially the resistance in the paint. Uh, Zubats only got one block. Mason Plumley didn't get a block. And I've already talked about Mason Plumley For whatever reason, even though he has good bounce, he, like he had a beautiful lob on an amazing scoop pass from uh, Bones Highland in this game. And But for whatever reason, he has poor timing on blocks or just gets caught flat-footed a lot. Good rebounder, but he doesn't end up getting blocks. I don't know if it's timing, his angles. Zoo is much better in that respect. He gets caught flat-footed a lot, um, but he's still a good backup big. But I can kind of see why the Charlotte Hornets weren't winning games him as a starting center. I overestimated him in that respect. But fourth quarter busy bones highland i got to say he was playing defense and had a stretch where he was really taking over the game he played basically i think he played the entire fourth quarter hitting his three ball he hit that beautiful transition three where he looked the other way or was looking off all of a sudden just walked into it he's got that herky jerkiness in this game man and i love watching him play i love watching him get busy 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 can't you see oh man his buckets were doing a number on me I mean, he was, that jelly layup where he evaded the block and just, oh my God, I don't even know if I can call it a jelly because it was so, oof, he stretched that right arm out so much. He really does have long ass arms, man. That was a beautiful fucking shot off the glass, put some English on it. He had the same, he had that kind of layup against the Clippers and then he stared at the camera. Uh, but this one was really nice because it was in the half court offense, half court set. But Bones Highland, what a performance. You know, my dad really likes him. He's been watching him, uh, watching the games with me. He's so fun. He seems like he's having so much, you know, so much fun out there. He plays with a lot of joy. And I love that. I talked about it on Locked on Clippers. Him, Terrence Mann, and Russ playing together. Fast pace. When they're engaged defensively and they get steals. Oh, man, it's awesome to watch in transition. And Robert Covington just continued to go nuts. Russ created so many good shots in the pick and roll. You know, they knew that Russ is such a good passer to rollers, so they were taking away the lob, forcing the open three to be the way the clip uh, the Clippers beat them. And Russ was finding guys perfectly, cross-court, backhanded passes, finding guys like Rocco, Terrence Mann. And I'll tell you what. When guys were going under the screen, because all they're going to do on the pick and roll with Russ is go under the screen, the Clippers' spacing that's so much better than the Lakers was when Russ played for them lets people stay at home. So he has room to turn that corner when guys are going under the screen. Because when sometimes when guys go under the screen, you have space now to get a little burst of, of speed. And Russ, I mean, he hits that burst. And now he's starting to elevate. And it seems like that hitch in his shot that he's had the last three or four years is starting to re be reduced a little bit. He was, I mean, five for five from three is absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. He was hitting all kinds of shots. I mean, in traffic, just throwing stuff off the glass. He was in the zone. He was in the zone. Fading to his left bank shots, uh, mid-range pull-ups. It was insane. 
transition. I mean, there was one play where he was coming up the court in the second half, and he saw John Morant was just standing up on D, blew right by him, got to the rim. It, he was the best part on the court tonight. It is so surreal to have Russell Westbrook on my team. Look, we may not achieve the expectations of this season, which was to at least go to the championship, but it was really championship or bust. And I'm not going to let this atrocity of a season change the expectation I had in the beginning. Because when I see guys like Robert Covington play more, I see guys like Nico Batum and Terrence Mann playing more, then I know that this team has always been good and was mismanaged from day one. And there was a level of complacency from the top down in this organization that they could just, you know, fuck around in the regular season and get to the playoffs and they'll be healthy and they'll be okay. Well, look now, we've load managed guys and Paul George still got hurt. You know why? It's no fault of theirs. Basketball is basketball and freak shit happens in professional sports or sports at any level. You can get hurt playing pickup at the park full speed. Shit, ha- I mean, it happens. It just happens. So, Russell Westbrook, I mean, man, he was just unbelievable in this game. And the Clippers rode it home. And one the one play I absolutely enjoyed more than any in this game was when Russ, and you know what? I got to give him so much credit. When you get to see it on a nightly basis, how he just affects everyone else, he really does make everyone better. You know, there's a perception of Russ that he's just in so, so, so ball dominant that, you know, he's just like other guys that only want to score or, I'm sorry, only want the team to score when they're the one that's producing the points, creating them. And, you know, as much as I like John Wall, he wanted to do that. He came in trying to only, when he came in the game, he wanted to get the ball, run the offense, and all the points, and all the points coming from the Clippers were assisted by him or scored by him. Russell Westbrook has done a great job of doing, of getting everyone touches, of attacking when he needs to, not doing too much. I think he's done an amazing job of just not doing too much. Getting everybody going, and my favorite play of the game, late in the game, he gave the ball to Bones Highland because Santi Aldama was guarding him, and he said, cook. He said, get out the way. And then Ty followed Russ's lead and said, yo, told Zoo to get out of the key, go to the short corner. I mean, that's a lead-by-example guy. That's leadership. I don't see that from Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. That's just IQ. That's a real floor general. He said, I'm going to go off the ball. Bones, you got a favorable matchup. Let's, you're playing well. Let's cook. And Bones scored. Russell Gobrook, man. I got nothing else to say. Huge win for the Clippers. One of my favorites of the season. 141 to 132. Beat the Teddy Bears. It's always great to beat them. The Clippers are now 20 and 18 on the road. 41 and 36 on the season. The most wins we can get now is 46. And listen, if we end the season 7 and 0, I mean, I'm going to love that. <laughs> I'm going to definitely love that. We got five games left at Memphis. At New Orleans, at Phoenix, home against the Blazers, and then home against the Lakers. None of them will be easy. We just got to go one game at a time. Next one is against Memphis again, and I guarantee you we're going to see Jaron Jackson and the rest of them. So it's going to be a tough game. Great job for the guys, though, winning this one. Let's go to the Memphis Grizzlies stat lines first. As I said, the bench only combining for 21 points. We destroyed them in that front. As for their starters, Newt Kennard, 12 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. But I have to say, even though he shot really well, 5 for 9, but only 3 3-point attempts. We knew how good of a shooter he was. Norman Powell, I thought, 
even though Norman Powell was doing way too much at one point of the game, but I did, I do also think he had some good stretches, came in and was able to score a little bit and had some good defensive moments, just staying strong, especially coming, uh, chasing Luke Kennard off some screens. So Luke Kennard, 12 points, five for nine from the field, but we did a good job preventing his three point attempts. Xavier Tillman, 16 points, nine rebounds, five assists on seven for eight shooting. He had a good game. Santi Aldama. Also, I think he's a pretty good player. I've watched him play a good amount this season. The guy from Spain. Uh, this is... So he was picked in the 2021 draft by Utah. 30th pick. This is his second season. But he played both seasons with Memphis. And he's clearly had an increased role this season. He's played only, He played only 32 games last season. 72 this year, which is almost all of them. So... I'm impressed by him. He's got a good, uh, you know, typical European player. Smart, high IQ, um, can shoot the ball. He has good size, gets to the basket pretty well. 17 points, 8 rebounds on 6 for 7 shooting and 2 for 2 from deep. Dylan Brooks already said 30 points, 6 boards, 4 assists, a steal and a block. No turnovers for DB as well. Getting into it with a, a couple of our players, Roko, Russ, nothing new for DB. 12 for 24, I already said. And then Ja. 36 points, 4 rebounds, 9 assists, 8 turnovers though. 8 turnovers. My goodness. So we'll take that. 11 for 28 from the field. Not very good shooting. 2 for 9 from deep. 12 for 12 from the line. I mean, Jaw gets to the basket so well. But can't shoot the ball still to me. And even if he, you know, his percentage is decent, I don't know it. You know what? Let's check it. Let's stick with John Moran shooting from 3 this season. 31%. Yeah, that's not good. That's not very good. So, great player, but we'll take that all day. We did a good job. Clippers. By the way, the Grizzlies shot 34% from three, 51.6% from the field. They were much better at scoring inside the paint and were, quite frankly, dominating us in the paint. But we were just scorching hot in this game. And we still turned the ball over more than them, too. We got careless at times on the fast break. Bones Highland thought he was Magic Johnson sometimes on the break. He's a funny guy, but nine-man rotation for the Clips, Norman Powell, Bones Highland, Mason Plumley, and Robert Covington off the bench. Thought they all played very well. Actually, no, not very well. Mason was solid. Norm was decent. Rocco was amazing, and Bones was amazing. 47 points scored between Rocco and Bones alone, but then when you add in Norman Powell's 13, that gets you to 60, and then Mason Plumley 66. So 66 to 21 in bench points. That's going to make a difference in the ball game. Norman Powell, 13 points in his return. He did turn the ball over four times, though. Four for nine from the field, so he was efficient, but two for six from deep, three for four from the line in 24 minutes of play. It's going to be great getting Norm back into the swing of things. Mason Plumley, he was decent. Six points, four rebounds, three assists. You let me know how you thought Mason Plumley played in the comments. Three for three, though. He did finish around the rim. He does finish around the basket. You know, right place, right time kind of guy. How about Eric Gordon? A little quieter than in this one. 28 minutes played. 14 points. Two boards, two assists. Three for six from the field and two for five from deep. And also six for six from the line. He led the Clippers in free throw. Actually, no. He was second on the Clippers in free throw attempts. Thought he was pretty good. Again, any game where you can get EJ in double figures is good. And he was efficient as well. So we'll take that. And I thought Ty Lue coached a really good game as, uh, as well. He played the right guys, the right amount. He went with hot hands. 
I thought it was fantastic. If only he could do this all season, man, we would have 10 to 15 more wins. I'm serious. Because we've had so many close games. We've had games that have been right there for the taking. It's not like we've gotten absolutely smacked all uh, across the season. I mean, we've had, we've been smacked. But we've had so many winnable games. Ivica Zubats, uh, 10.7 boards. Pretty quiet game for him. Had a really nice dunk, though. And linked up really well with Russ, feeding off his passes. Four for seven for him from the field. But two for five from the line. And Zoo's been really struggling from the line of late. Which is a little bit concerning. Want to see him kind of clean that up before the playoffs. Nico Batum, he was ice cold compared to the last game. Not a great game for him. 19 minutes played, one for five from deep, four points. But I still prefer him in the starting lineup. And unlike Senior, he's going to actually do other things to affect the game. How about Robert Covington? 27 points, four rebounds, two assists, three steals, nine for 10 from the field, and seven for seven from deep. Best game of the season for him. He was amazing. Bones Highland, 20 points, five rebounds, six assists, one steal, one block, plus 11 in his minutes, eight for 14 from the field, four for six from deep in just 22 minutes. Busy fucking Bones, dude. He is the real deal. And Nuggets fans really had the audacity to tell me, good luck with Bones. (laughs) Reggie's going to be fine here. Bro, Reggie is not on Bones' planet right now. And I love Reggie. I don't even love Bones like I love Reggie yet. Of course not. But he's much better than him right now. Like, that's crazy talk. My goodness. Let's see what happens with Roko, though, when Kawhi comes back. Because Ty Lue's been pretty adamant about nine-man rotation going towards the playoffs. It's going to be Roko, the odd man out, sadly. That's just my hunch. Terrence Mann, 11 points, 2 rebounds, 3 assists, and a steal. No turnovers, though, which I really liked. 3 for 6 from the field, 1 for 3 from deep, 4 for 4 from the line. Good on Terrence to still stay efficient. And then the man of the hour, Goatbrook, 36 points, 4 rebounds, 10 assists, 2 blocks, only 2 turnovers. Maybe my favorite stat of the night. 5 to 1 assist to turnover ratio, 13 for 18 from the field, 5 for 5 from deep, Only thing that wasn't great was his free throws. Five for nine from the line in 36 minutes. Absolute, utter masterclass from Russ. His best game as a Clipper, and it's so surreal to have him on the team. You know, I don't know what's going to happen going forward. This season is probably not going to be a championship season, but I'm really enjoying having Russell Westbrook on my ball club right now. It's a dream come true for a Russ fan like me. It's still surreal seeing him in the Clipper jersey, and he is all smiles. I got to give a shout-out to the media, the local media. We've done such a great job of making him feel welcome. The team, the coaching staff, I mean... This has been amazing. And I think, you know, the Lakers, Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook, what do they have in common? They're playing really good basketball again. And that's not a good night to say that about Pat Bev. And by the way, I will be talking about the Lakers games against the Bulls, both of them, tomorrow night, Thursday night. So I will get you filled in, Laker fans, on what my latest thoughts are with LeBron back. But Patrick Beverly's been playing a lot better basketball with the Bulls. And Russell Westbrook has been playing better basketball with the Clippers. I'm sorry, but there's got to be something said about the Lakers, man. People, Laker fans are going to say they can't handle the pressure all they want, but I don't think it's just that. There is a level of toxicity because of how spoiled Laker fans are and because they're so big and their outreach is like that across the world. It's just, it's just going to be very toxic, you know. I think they, and also I will say this, and the media was, I think, a little bit ridiculous as well. I don't think the team made him feel welcome, though, and that's also what I heard from the, somebody within the, uh, that knows somebody within the Lakers. 
that they didn't make him feel welcome after the first couple of weeks. Everything was for cameras. Where here it's authentic. And you can see it in Russ's body language. But I also think, look, he had a huge price tag on the Lakers. I think that matters and expectations do affect things a lot. Coming off Washington, you would probably expect Russell Westbrook to be better than what he was on the Lakers. Um, fit aside, you know, I thought, you know, you expected a lot more. You thought he was still playing at an all-star level. Here with the Clippers coming in on a buyout, not getting paid $46 million, you don't expect nearly that. You just want him to affect the, ga- the game in a positive way and help win games. Right now, we're 8-8 eight and eight with Russ. It's not great, but I still think he's helping the team. I don't think that 8-8 that eight and eight is reflective of Russ, but I will say this. He's a big X-factor kind of guy. When he plays well, his teams tend to win. When he doesn't play well, his teams don't win. It's been a lot, a large thing that's been true about him throughout his career because he does, you know, have the ball a lot. He does affect the game in a lot of ways. He can be everywhere and live and die by Russ. I mean, and tonight we had to, and, and we lived. We lived very well. The Clippers win it. One, 41 to 132. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Now we're going to go to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat. Super chats are turned on if you want to jump a dollar a dime. Let me know what you thought. Leave a comment in the comments below on YouTube about what you thought of the game and what you thought of Russell Goatbrook. Peace. We'll be back on Thursday night to talk about the Lakers and the Bulls double dip.